You are listening to this week's installment of the Path of a Believer podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Path of Believer. Uh, with us today, we have my grandma, Valentina Navchuk. And with us today, we also have Bogdan Wichopen, who's going to be translating uh, in American and uh, Ukrainian back for us. І сьогодні з нами теж Богдан Вихопень, він буде перекладати з української на українську, з на англійську, з англійської на українську. Miss uh, Valentina Nauchuk, what um how I should ask this. Um how old are you? Where are you from? What is your biography? Пані Валентина Навчук, а звідки ви є? Скільки вам років? Де ви виростали? Я Валентина Навчук, родилась на Україні в Рівненській області. Me, I am uh, Valentina Navchuk. I was born in Ukraine. Uh, області? Рівненська. Uh, in Рівненський um, region or territory. Мені зараз буде першого Ноября 69 років. And I'm going to be 69 years old on the 1st of November. А родилась я в багатодітній сім'ї. Нас було п'ятеро дітей в батьків, три сестри і два брати. I was born into a, a pretty decent sized family, five siblings, five kids including me, um, three sisters and two brothers. Уже всі Четверо в вічності лишилась я сама менша, ще жива. And of all the siblings, I am the only one that's still here on earth. Everybody else is in eternity. Мої батьки були глибоко віруючі і виховали нас дітей в євангельській вірі, і всі були з Господом і відійшли в вічність. А я осталася ще на цій землі служачи Богові. And uh, we grew up all in a uh, uh, believer's family, uh, evangelical faith, and uh, everybody else has gone on to eternity, and I'm here still on earth serving the Lord. Зараз я приїхала в гості відвідати моїх дітей. Я відвідати дочку, яка є лишилася вдовою молода, і моїх дорогих внуків. Два синочки і одна дочечка. And I'm here in the States visiting my recently widowed daughter and her kids, two boys and one girl. Um Miss Valentina, um or I'll call you grandma if that's okay. I я so moment буду вас називати баба а не пані Валентина. Дякую. Uh grandma, um I was wondering if you could share um you talked about this to me uh but I believe it'll help a lot of people um the testimony of our family during prosecution times. Uh Бабуся, ви зі мною вже це пару раз ділилися. Я би хотів, щоб ви теж ще раз повторили ваше свідчення, як ви uh, прожили і жили в час переслідування. 
Я прожила часи переслідування нелегкий путь, але ж відносно того, що пережили мої батьки, це була одна доля. Um, what I went through when it came to persecution was uh, not as bad as what my parents had to go through. Я вчилася в школі в селі Русла. Нас була церква невелика, молоді було зовсім мало. Uh, I grew up in a village and uh, went to church. It was fairly small and uh, also did not have that much youth in our church. Але я любила Бога і любила відвідувати зібрання, хоч дуже далеко приходилося ходити на зібрання. I enjoyed going to church and visiting uh, uh, with everybody and uh, going to services, even though it was a, a long, long ways away from where we lived. Потім закінчила школу, переїхала в місто Рівно. Whenever I, we, I finished school, uh, we moved to the city of Rivno. Там я вступила в заповід з Господом через водне хрещення. Це було в 1971 році. And in 1971, uh, I uh, committed my life to Jesus Christ uh, through water baptism. І до цього часу я служу йому і дякую, що він беріг моє життя. Служила Господові, що Бог посилав, які таланти. Співала в хорі. And I've been serving the Lord ever since in whichever way he has for me, through different talents. Uh, I've gotten to sing in choir. У нас організувався естрадний оркестр, в якому я приймала участь, і мій чоловік. We also got to, uh, with my husband, we got to serve in an orchestra. Um, Grandma, um, if you could share more specifically um, what happened um, when you were a kid during uh, World War II, you were sharing how uh, your father was, in a, was taken away by the Germans. Бабусь, якщо ви могли трошки детально розповісти нам час Другої світової війни, як ви виростали дитиною і як вашого батька збирали німці. Я під час світової війни, я родилась в 51-му році, це вже було після війни. Але ще тоді було, ще тоді було два класи, як кажуть, комуністи. І бендеровці називали тоді, тоді ще я так трошечки, але в основному у мене зараз все в згадці. Тато і мама розказували, як вони пережили ці часи, дуже трудні часи для них. Вони жили під, на хуторі під лісом. А ви сказали, що ви родились після першого чи після Так. Although I was born uh, after the war, 1951, but we still had a lot of uh, the lifestyle is still left over and recovering from the war. And we had society broken up into two groups, which we, we had was the communists, and then we had the Banderovci, which was a, a revolting Ukrainian uh, group of people that were tried and fighting against the communists. And uh, 
uh, I remember a lot of times of the persecution with my father and uh uh, my father grew up, when he was growing up, he ended up becoming fatherless at the age of 14. And basically the responsibility of the whole family and everything to do with the family was put on, on him at the age of 14. And he had to take responsibility of everything that his dad was taking care of. My mama was born in Christian family because my father was not with God. And then on my mother's side, uh, she grew up in a half-believing uh, family. Uh, her father, my grandpa, he was... Um, a believer in the sense of he believed uh, in God, but he never uh, gave his life to God. And then his wife, my grandma, uh, grew up and, uh, grew up and was a, a believer, and she actually was the first believer in her village to accept Jesus Christ. And when the war started, Ma my parents. And when the war started, my uh, parents had uh, three kids, three little kids. Старша сестра була вже доросла, і ось тоді мого тата забирають на війну. Забрали на війну і повезли їх десь на пересильний пункт в Житомир везли. Їм не вид... навіть не встигли видати оружіє. Це війна була з Германією. І в лісі їх обстріляли німці. Вони порозбігалися по лісі, але їх половили німці і взяли в полон. Um, and, uh... The my eldest sister was actually already grown up when all this was going on with the war, and then so what happened was my father was uh, called in to go serve in the army, and before they even gave him his um, the guns to go and fight, they were um, ended up getting ambushed by the Germans, and they shot up their the vehicles and they took him and the uh, and the soldiers with them as prisoners of war. Mohotata. Забрали в Германію в полон, в лагер. Там він працював, дуже тяжко працював. Працював на шахті, їсти не кормили. Він, як розказує, то в мене волоси піднімаються. Вони йшли з роботи, вели їх німці, по дві сторони німці, а посередині йшли полонені. І вони росли там буряки, кормові буряки такі, що худов, тваринам кормити. То вони рвали ті буряки, щоб поїсти. Але зате, якщо побачить німець, то зразу стріляв. And um, when they uh, took him as prisoners of war, the Germans took him over to Germany to a work camp, and he ended up working as a miner 
in um, mining shafts and they would uh, it was poor conditions they barely fed them if anything at all so what the soldiers the prisoners would do is what they would try to grab anything they could that was around them to eat and some of the stuff they ended up eating was just random weeds that would be along the road and you would get severely punished if the germans caught you sneaking uh you know any bite to eat and basically when you were walking to the uh walking or working on the uh workers camps they would have germans on both sides and then the prisoners would be uh in the middle in between the two дуже трудно було того що був голодний завжди і холодний it was very tough because uh, he was constantly hungry and constantly cold. And he never gave up in his faith though because he loved the Lord dearly. And he, whenever he get chances, he would share with the other prisoners about the Lord. І одного разу був такий випадок, що була явна милість Божа над ним. Він як з дому поїхав в чоботах, таких кожаних чоботах, хороших. І прийшов німецький офіцер в казарму і показав йому, щоб він знімав чоботи. А була тоді крепка зима. І тато каже, як я зніму ці чоботи, то я все пропав, у мене ноги повідморожуються, і він наставив автомат на мене, і буду стріляти, або знімай чобота, чоботи, або я буду стріляти. Але тато, вроді так, як показав, що він хотів відзняти, молився в тиші, хотів знімати вже одного чобота. І він... Зупинився на минуту той офіцер, і тут заходить їхній начальник і питає, що тут робиться. Цей офіцер злякався і зразу втік. Тато, як міг, показав йому, що той хотів забрати чоботи. Що було далі, тато не знає, але ті чоботи залишилися в його так, що він пережив ту зиму, що він... Uh, so one of the stories my father told me is whenever he left the house to go to a war, he ended up uh, putting on a uh, uh, some leather boots. And whenever he made it to the war camps, one of the German soldiers uh, told him that you either give me your boots or you give or I shoot you. And uh, my father tried to explain to him that I have to wear the boots, especially since it's winter time and I'll freeze. And uh, otherwise, they'll get frostbite, and that didn't. Uh, the soldier didn't care. So, uh, and this whole entire time, my father was praying uh, in in his in his thoughts, and uh, just when he gets down, kneels down to start taking his boots off to give it to the soldier, that soldier's uh, uh, boss comes in and comes in and says, "What's going on here? What are you doing?" And that soldier took off running because he got scared. And my father explained to uh, the officer uh, what happened. And he doesn't remember what happened afterwards, but he did get to keep his boots and he get to wear them in the winter, although he lost uh, two toes to frostbite, but he didn't have any other um, uh, problems with, with freezing. Tato prosil Boha, щоб він дарував йому сили 
і щоб він остався живий, щоб його десь перевели в друге місце на роботу, де легше. І Бог дав відповідь. Його перевели на склад, хоча тяжко було грузити муку. And uh, another prayer my father told me about is he was praying to, to get some easier work or uh, work that wasn't as strenuous uh, as he had to do when he worked in the mines. So he, he actually got moved, transferred over to a big warehouse where they had to be loading flour. І тоді з тої муки вони, він міг взяти жменю муки і з водою замішати і з'їсти. Хоч воно трудно було, але ж це було хоч чимось наповнити жолудок. And now that he was constantly loading this flour, he was able to sneak some flour in uh, a little uh, a scoop of flour, and then later he was able to add some water and make some makeshift type bread to where he could have a little, at least something to eat. Ну і так Бог зберіг його життя там в Германії, і він йому предлагали як американці освободили їх, там американці їх освободили. Йому була відкрита дорога, можна їхати в Америку, а можна вертатися назад додому. Він каже, я був на роздоріжжі, але я подумав, що дома мене чекає діти, четверо дітей і дружина. And when uh, when the end of the war came and the uh, Americans came and freed uh, all the work camps, they actually gave him a, a choice. They said that you actually can go to America if you want to, or if you want, you can return back home. And my father said that he was at a crossroads trying to think whether he can he should go to America or go home. And he remembered about his family and his uh, his kids and everything that he would be leaving behind. Но не додому повернувся, йому не дозволили дійти додому до сім'ї. Його КГБ арестувало в районі нашому в Здолбунові, арестували і посадили в тюрму як зрадника. And when he decided to go home, he started going home and he actually came over to the uh, made it to the county where he was from. And that's when he got arrested by the KGB and they uh, charged him saying that he was a traitor and arrested him and imprisoned him. And even in this situation that he was in, God was able to uh, work with him and keep him safe and when he made it to the Russian uh, to the Soviet prison uh word got back to his um his wife my mother that they saw him and that he's in prison і мама з старшою дочкою поїхали застали його на цегельному заводі він там робив and um he, uh, once my mother heard about it, she and uh, my eldest sister were able to go and visit him. And at that time, he was working at a uh, brick factory. Tato був благовісником в церкві. І йому дали справку з церкви, що він потрібний для служіння в церкві. І ця справка багато помогла, що його через деякий час випустили з тюрми. 
And in a short while, actually, because he held a position at the church, the church uh, sent over a request saying that he he is needed uh, at church to continue with his services and ministry at church. And that request actually helped a lot. And he was able to leave uh, prison and go back home to serve at the church. І тут була в цьому велика милість Божа. Ну, про тата більш-менш я розказала, а мамі довелося самій, коли німці прийшли, були на дворі у них, і що вони спитали, де чоловік. А тато прислав одну звідку за чотири роки, Одну звістку, відкритку, що він живий, що він в Германії. Мама показала цю відкритку німцям, і вони сказали, що гуд, гуд, це дуже добре, що він не воює, а що він в Германії. And uh, that's how God was even to keep him safe, even when he was uh, in a Soviet prison. Um, wanted to share a little bit more about my mother. Um, so... When my mother uh, got confronted by some Germans in Ukraine, when uh, they started asking, where's your husband and what, what's going on where? And he actually, my father was able to send one postcard the whole entire time he was in, uh, in Germany. He sent them a postcard basically just saying, hey, I'm alive and everything is good. And when the Germans uh, kept on asking, where, you know, where's your husband, what's going on? She was able to show them the, the postcard. And they actually said good, good, saying that that's good that he's in Germany and that he's he's safe and not fighting. І їй теж нелегко дуже прийшлося того, що боялася за дітей, но вони побачили цю відкритку і пішли, нічого не сказали, пішли в ліс. And uh, it was really tough for my mother because it was only her and uh, the three siblings and uh, my three si older si siblings, and she was really worried about them. But once the Germans saw that uh, saw that postcard, they really didn't have any more questions and didn't bother them, ended up leaving them and went back into the, uh, through the forest. Коли тато повернувся додому, то була велика радість і щастя і для общини, і для сім'ї. And whenever uh, my father made it back home, it was a great joy to everybody, uh, my family, my mother, and uh, most of the village. Але ж ворог і тут знаходив свої щупальця. Жили під лісом і приходили їсти дай, пити дай бендеровці і приходили комуністи. And um, because even even after all the, everything that my father had gone through, even then the devil still continued trying to create problems. Yeah, because we lived on the outskirts of the village, closer to the forest, a lot of times uh, Benderovci, the Ukrainian rebels, would come up and uh, ask uh, for food or anything that they could get from 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 us. Yeah, snow. Переживання. Один раз уже тато був тоді дома. Прийшли вендеровці, накормила мама їх, і вони лягли відпочивати в кімнаті. 
and there was even a, a story where um, the Benderuts ended up coming in and my mother uh, ended up preparing some food for them. And after they ate, they went and took uh, naps in one of the rooms. Мама дуже злякалася, тата не було вдома. І вона почала голосно казати, що відкрию, відкрию. І вони вже почали виламувати двері, але вона так голосно сказала, казала, щоб бендерівці почули, щоб встали. Але ж вона не встигла навіть відкрити двері, як почалася перестрілка. Хаті. Мій менший братик, який вже в вічності, був маленький, йому було півтора року. Він був у люльці, підвішений на, на, на печі, як вона сказала на Україні. То мама казала, що не знаю, та люлька була вся прострелена пулями і кругом люльки. So all of this actually happened when my father wasn't home. So my mother fed them and let them go take a nap in one of the rooms without my father being home. And when the Banderutsi were sleeping, uh, not sure whether somebody informed the communists that were uh, stationed in the village or whether it was just a coincidence, but they came and they started uh, trying to come in and started knocking on the doors loudly and my mother uh kept on repeating really loudly and uh, each time she kept on getting louder is i'm okay i'll open a door i'll open the door in hopes that the banderutsi would hear that she's getting ready to open the door and they would take off but before she was even able to open the door and the communists were basically about to bust the door down uh they ended up starting uh shooting at each other the banderutsi were shooting at the communists and um, a lot of bullets were shot. And uh, my little brother, who was a year and a half at the time, was uh, laying in his bassinet that was suspended from the ceiling. And we still don't understand how he didn't get injured or die because that bassinet was covered and riddled in bullet holes. Сказали, щоб тато якраз явився, щоб тато запрягав коні і віз його в лікарню. And at that point, actually, uh, my father ended up coming home, and um, one of the communists actually ended up getting a bullet wound. So they told him that, hey, you need to take this communist over to the hospital to get amended. So he had to go get the horse and the carriage. Але перед тим ще один випадок я проминула. Тато йшов з служіння з церкви, це була неділя, мама каже. А діти, братові діти і мами, наші діти, була стодола сина велика така. I missed a, a little uh, story about my father before this. Uh, whenever we were, whenever they were com- we were coming uh, home from church, it was um, us kids and our cousins. І вони там гралися на тому сіні, вилазили, сповзали, скакали. Прийшли комуністи на двір. 
And us kids, we got to play in all the haystacks that were there. So we would climb up on the top and we would slide down the haystack. And at that time, it was a Sunday, um, the communists came. Сказали мамі, показуй, де бендеревці поховала ти, заховала. Мама каже, що не було ніяких бендеревців. Це діти пригали там на тій студолі, і нікого тут більше немає. Вони не повірили мамі, а була яма викопана і насипана повна картопель на зиму, заготовка, повна вверх. And when they came uh, to us, they started accusing my mother of hiding Banderevci. And they didn't believe her, although she was trying to explain to them that the the reason why all that uh, hay was uh, not in the right place is because the kids were playing with it. And they and they pulled it all down, but they still didn't believe her. And we had a big um, hole dug where we would store all our potatoes. So it was a big hole and it was full of potatoes. Сказали мамі... Розгрібай картоплю в ямі і лізь туди головою. Розгрібай руками і туди лізь. Мама каже, я сльозами молюся, як я розгребу ту картоплю, але молилася, щоб Бог уже її приготовив, і щоб діти сиротами остануться, так якби прощалася вже з усіма. Почала, каже, гребти ту картоплю, а вони, каже, з кругом я грибу, а вони стріляють її. Вокруг мами, там, де вона стоїть і рибе, стріляли вокруг неї, но в маму не попали. So what ended up happening was, um, because they didn't believe her, they told her to start digging through that potato, to get inside that hole and start uh, digging through that potato. And she, uh, my mother started crying and she, she started thinking that they're going to end up killing her. So she was starting to come to terms with, hey, my kids are going to be uh with, uh without a mother now and she started crying at the same time when she's crying she's praying and what the communists ended up doing is they started shooting but they were shooting all, all, all and the bullets were going all around her and none of them ended up hitting her Тато почув перестрілку і почав бігти він ішов служіння прибіг він прибіг і приїхав їхній начальник старший офіцер чи хто він там і він щось їх насварив і їх розігнав, що вони напрасно і так відпустили і тата, і маму. And at the same moment, my dad is coming home from church, and when he hears all the gunshots, he starts running home, and because he hears that it's coming from his house. And at the same time, also, the communist uh, officer who was ranking above the, the these other soldiers came and he and they were trying to see like what's going on why and the uh, officer didn't end up doing anything he said that they that um, everything was fine that you guys were that there is no banderovci hidden here and he and the soldiers left and they let my mother and my father go і в цьому була дуже велика милість Божа. Батьки сказали, що вони в цьому побачили його спасаючу руку над ними. And in, 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 even in this story, they also, my parents said that they saw God's miraculous hand keeping them safe. Але ж через пару днів приїхало НКВД, комуністи, і сказали, Оце, що сталася перестрілка, два ворогуючих класи. Через 24 часа, щоб ви, вся сім'я була зібрана. 
вас будемо вивозити. Але ж перед тим було сусідів там, п'ять чоловік тої ночі повісили на дереві, теж за зв'язок з бендерівцями. Чи бендерівці повісили, чи не знаю хто. І в цьому теж, як милість Божа, тата і сім'ю, і маму. Остало тільки меншого братіка, якому було півтора року, він був больний. І вони сказали, що він все одно не, не доїде до Сібіра, він в вагоні помре. То оставили його на бабу і на, діду, на дідушку. So, um, because of the shooting that we had at the house, uh higher ups from the communists ended up coming and they gave us 24 hours and said because you guys were harboring uh the banderovci you guys need to be ready in 24 hours we're shipping you off to, uh, uh away from ukraine out of ukraine most likely to siberia uh, siberia and um coincidentally also a couple of days earlier or same about same period of time our neighbors actually were hung all five neighbors were were, were hung for either um, harboring Banderovci or the Banderovci themselves ended up hanging them. So when they came and they got us and they said, you have 24 hours to get ready. Um, and they ended up leaving my youngest brother for my grandma saying, because he won't even make the ride up there. There's no point of, uh, you know, you guys taking him. So he was a year and a half and they let my uh, grandma stay and keep him. Итак, повезли їх в Сибір. Везли сім чи вісім днів поїздом. Там зупинялися, бо це ж було воєнний час. Привезли в бараки, холодні бараки. Сибір так холодна, а то не опалювалось нічого. Багато сімей там, всіх їх на кучу зігнали. Ну то те, що було, напекли там баби з дідом, напекли хліба, назбирали по людях, то вони дорогою... Все те з'їли, приїхали там, вже з продуктів нічого не було. Їм давали дві картоплини на цілу сім'ю, на один раз. So ended up taking them seven to eight days by train to come, to make it to Siberia. And whenever they got there, they were situated in really cold and uh, barracks that had no type of heating. And... Um, Before they, when they were preparing to leave, uh, a bunch of people were, and uh, my grandparents mainly prepared some food for them, bread and uh, other different types of stuff. And by the time they made it to Siberia, they already ended up finishing all that. And whenever you were in the barracks, all you got for the whole entire family, they would give you just two pieces of potato. A little bit of uh, warm water and uh, pieces of bread. And that was all the food that you would get for your whole entire family. Tato ходив на роботу, мама поки була там в баракові, але ж почали пухнути діти з голоду. My father had to go to work, and my mom ended up staying with uh, with the kids, and uh, the kids started to uh, swell up or get inflammation from hunger. І вони зв'язалися з віруючими там, там віруючі місцеві у Сибірі. And they were able to find some other believers uh, who were living, who were locals in Siberia. 
батьки посовітували їм, що треба якось втікати, бо вони не виживуть там. And those Siberians, the locals, uh, recommended them to somehow to run away because uh, they couldn't see a way of them uh, surviving. І вони договорилися там одна сестра договорилася їх супроводжати, якби це діти її, а тато і мама окремо їхали, а вона їх супроводжала. Так вони добиралися додому. Поїздами, чим вже можна було, тим добиралися додому. And one of the local believers, uh, the lady there, she said that she would help them get out and she would guide them. And uh, so my parents and my, uh, and my siblings, they ended up uh, run, running away and whichever method of transportation they could find or get a hold of, that's whatever they took to get home. Слава Богу, добралися додому, але там їх ждало не лучше життя того, що їх шукали, бо вони звідти як втікли, переслідували, де могли. Діти були по, по родичах, по хатах, в чужих сім'ях, а батьки теж переховувалися то в одному селі, то в другому, то де могли там сховувати. Uh, they made it back uh, home to the village, but because they weren't supposed to be in the village and they were supposed to be in Siberia and because they ran out of Siberia, they were, you know, being, they were wanted. So they had to uh, constantly be hiding. So the kids would uh, be either with the neighbors or with other kids. And that's the, they had to separate the kids. And then the parents would, uh, weren't able to stay in that village. They had to stay in the neighboring villages and just go from friends to friends, uh, just being constantly uh, in hiding. Але вони і в цьому були тверді, в вірі, не роптали, а надіялись на Бога і навіть зібрання відвідували. Хоча діти були не з ними, хто де. І був один випадок, який явно Господь прославив своє ім'я. And even through this situation that they were in, they, they didn't lose faith and didn't complain, but were uh, faithful and trusting God. Uh, they even uh, ended up going to church, you know, even though they weren't going with, with their kids, but, and they had to go separately, but they still ended up going to church and attending church. І одного разу такий випадок був. Вони з одного села переходили в друге село, ішли через ліс і через поле. У полі була якраз жнива, пшениця покошена, і в снопах, і зложено в півкопи. Вони йдуть і чують, що копита стукають, що їдуть коні. And uh, there was another incident that happened with them. They were going from one village to another, and this was during uh, fall time, so during harvest, and they were walking through a uh, wheat field, and the wheat was already uh, cut and uh, bundled. And they heard, and they ended up hearing um, horse hooves, as if somebody on a horseback or carriage was approaching. І куди сховатися? Поле і тільки ці півкопи з пшеницею, снопи стоять. Вони влазять в ту півкопу, знімають ту шапку, надівають назад, так якби воно мало бути, і сидять. Но вони їх замітили, комуністи їхали, вони замітили їх. І давай... 
штихами з вінтовок чи з автоматів, що там кожен сніп протикувати. Так, щоб знати, чи там хто є, чи немає. And because this was during harvest, all the fields had already been cut down, so it was bare fields, and they really didn't have anywhere to hide besides the little bundles of uh, wheat. And so they tried to hide inside those uh, uh, the wheat bundles, and even with uh, the, the communists that were riding on the horses, they still ended up noticing them. And they took their bayonets from their uh, rifles and they started probing and uh, stabbing each one of those uh, wheat bundles. Казала мама, що вона не пам'ятає такої молитви, як вони там молилися в тиші до Бога. Ми, каже, прощалися вже, вже думали, що все, вже ми не будемо жити. Але ми, каже, зверталися до Бога з силою такою, що Господь всяких час, час не оставляв і не оставить тоді. І от дійшов, дійшли вони до тої півкопи, де був захований тато і мама, і почали штрихати штихами. Каже, мама, ми відчуваємо, що вони штрихають, але так, що вони їх не торкнулися. І між собою говорять, ну слухай, де ж поділися, Я ж бачив, ми ж бачили, що йшло, двоє йшло, де ж вони поділися. Каже, ще походили під тими півкопами, сіли на коні і поїхали. And my mother, when she was telling me this uh, story, she said that she does not remember a time when uh, they had such a uh, powerful or such a strong prayer uh, because Both my parents basically thought that this was the end, that they were going to die because there's no escape. Uh, the Russians, uh, the communists saw them and they were basically just saying goodbyes and just praying in silence in their thoughts. And uh, whenever the um, uh, communists came uh, to start probing and uh, stabbing the, hey, uh, the wheat uh, bundle that they were in, They could feel it and hear the bayonet blades coming into it, but none of the blades ended up hitting them. And they even heard the communist talking saying, where did they go? They were just here. We clearly saw the two of them hide into these uh, wheat uh, bundles. What happened? Where are they? And then they ended up uh, getting back on the horses and, and just left. Те село, яке вони мали направлятися до віруючих, там приклонили коліна і подякували, що до цього місця їм допоміг Господь. And it was nighttime actually, so they ended up making it to that village that they were headed to, and they met up with the fellow believers, and they uh, thanked God that, that yet again he kept them safe and uh, away from harm. Thank you, Grandma, for sharing that. Богові. Дуже дякуємо, бабуся. If you could share, um, you know, this kind of goes more forward in time um, about how you went through um, the process of healing after your son passed away. How you, how that all um, happened and how you were able to overcome that. Yeah, if I could ask you to share with us with us, процес дуже трошки пізніше в вашому житті, як ви пережили і прийшли і почали заживати рани після того, як ваш син відійшов від чинності. 
Так, у мене було їх двоє. Мене uh, I had uh, two two sons. Дочка Алла і син Андрійко. I had two kids. Uh, son was Andrew and daughter was Alla. Було 17 років, як мій Андрійко відійшов вічність. Господь його забрав. My son was uh, 17 whenever uh, God took him uh, took him away from here. Але предісторія, як забрав Господь, я трошки поділюся. Він Мабуть, можливо, рік, можливо, менше. Перед тим він покаявся перед Господом, прийняв Господа. I'll give you a little bit of a backstory. Um, before he ended up uh, passing away, he ended up accepting and believing in Jesus Christ. No, водне хрещення він не прийняв, не встиг. But uh, he wasn't able, didn't have the opportunity to uh, get water baptized. Він захворів опухоль тумор мозку. Uh, he ended up getting sick and had a uh, tumor in his brain. І коли він уже після лікарні сказали, що операція нічого не дасть, привезли його з Києва додому, він не роптав, він дякував Богові за все. Скільки його відвідувала молодь, скільки його відвідували брати, він за все дякував. Um, and he ended up having surgery, and after the surgery, the doctors came and said that unfortunately that surgery uh, isn't going to be uh, of any benefit to him, that it didn't help him. And whenever we were leaving Kiev, uh, my son was very grateful to all the prayers and all the encouragement and all the youth that visited him, and he he was just... Uh, Calm and at peace about it. Одного Мамо, вислухайте мене, я помру. Але ви дайте слово, що ви не будете плакати. Кажу, я не можу слати таке слово, що я не буду плакати. Но я почала вже плакати. У мене буде великий похорон. У мене буде духовий оркестр. У мене буде дуже багато людей. І буде дуже багато квітів. Але ви дайте слово, що ви не будете плакати. А я його так глажу по голові, кажу, не говори такого, Андрюша, мені це тяжко слухати. А він, синочку, синочку, а він каже, я не ваш син. А чий ж ти син? Я не ваш син, я Божий син. Сину, не... я знаю, що ти Божий син, но ти мій син. І він ще раз повторив, я не ваш син, я Божий син. Після того він прожив... Yeah, we had an incident where not sure if it was a revelation or a dream or what what happened that he 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 found out about this, but he comes to me at nighttime to me and my husband and he says, uh, Mom, I'm gonna end up dying. 
Um, but you have to promise me one thing. You can't cry. And I, I started asking, what do you mean you're going to die? Don't be saying things like that. You're already starting to, um, you know, make me feel sad and I'm going to start crying. I can't promise you that I can't start crying. Why are you, why are you saying things like that? You don't know that you're going to die. And um, he ends up saying, I'm going to die and I'm going to have a really uh, big funeral and I'm going to have a uh, orchestra playing in my funeral. But you have to promise me uh, the, that you won't cry and uh, that you won't be too uh, too sad about it. And I tried to comfort him and say, no, don't say things like that. That's not true. You don't know that. Uh, it's okay, son. Everything's going to be fine. And when I said those words, he says, I'm not your son. I'm God's son. And uh, I continued trying to comfort him. And he, he repeated those lines. I'm not only your son, but I'm God's son. And about a month after that, he ended up passing away. І дійсно, коли був похорон, це, як казали сусіди і всі, що це був не похорон, це був парад. And um, really, it did end up happening, just as he said about his funeral, about uh, having a big orchestra and it was going to be a big event. And even the people that came said that that wasn't a funeral, that was more of a parade. Був духовий оркестр, так як він казав, і сусіди казали, що ті труби, вони не грали, вони плакали. And uh, he end, did end up having an orchestra play at his funeral, and many people said that those are uh, uh, the, the pipes, the tubes, the, the instruments that were at the orchestra, they didn't end up singing, but they were all crying. Бо так як він казав, що буде багато людей, Кінця не було видно. Початку і кінця не було видно. З його училища, де він учився, було з кожної групи по представнику і було 35 чоловік всіх. І він вчився і в художній школі, і в училищі на сварщика. І звіти були, і звіти, звіти, і звіти було свідоцтво. А саме головне свідоцтво було, його вчителька покаялась на похороні. Там у Андрійка, вона прийняла Господа в своє серце. Так що смерть його принесла ще одну душу для Господа. And just as he said, there's going to be a lot of people. There was a lot of people that you you, you couldn't even see where um, the the crowd ended. Um, and he also had a lot of people come from his uh, schools that he went to. He went he went uh, to uh, artist school, and a lot of people came from there. And also, he was going for a welder, and from his welding uh, institute, also people came. And a really uh, amazing testimony was that one of his teachers that came. Uh, ended up uh, accepting Jesus Christ and uh, becoming a believer at his uh, funeral. And it was amazing that through this funeral that another soul, another spirit was saved. І так як написано в Слові Божому, що люблящим Бога, призваним по Його ізволенню, все судействує тако благо. І Господь ніколи не дасть більше, чим ми можемо перенести в своєму житті. And just as the scriptures say that everything that happens to a righteous man uh, it ends up going for, uh, for the better, for the good of, of uh, uh, 
of the kingdom and as well as also says that um uh and as well as the scriptures say that God cannot give us more than what we can handle. Um, I got really emotional. Um, but we I, I, there's still more goodness that uh, my grandma can share. Um, almost talking Ukrainian now. Um, if you could share, um, also as well, um, you shared it with me how you always sing a certain song when you go and visit a church or uh, some group of people that are uh, either believers or just you're, you get invited as a guest, if you could share why that song is important to you and why it has such meaning to you. Thank you. Коли після смерті Андрюши сказали лікарі мені, в мене серцем було дуже погано, треба змінити місце життя, обстановку. Мій брат жив в Каліфорнії, і він дав визов нам, щоб ми поїхали в гості. І так Господь розположив серця, що ми поїхали. Ми поїхали... Але ж брат був багатодітний, 12 дітей в нього. Він оплатив дорогу, але треба було йому повернути. Ми хотіли повернути. The story about the song, yes. I ended up having trouble with my heart, so the doctor said that the best solution for you to help deal with this is for you to change uh, location where you live, uh, basically change the, cli uh, the climate where you uh, where you live. So I actually, my brother ended up uh, sending me an invitation to come, for me to come over to California where he was living. And we went out there to visit him in California. And we had a little bit of a little Шість місяців син мій не встаючи, і лікарня, і лікарі, і в Київ. Ну і сказав, що трошки, брат, що трошки можеш підзаробити тут і разом трошки розвіється, як кажуть. And when my brother was inviting me, he also knew that I still had a little bit of medical debt left over from my son's Andre's medical call procedures that he went through and staying at the hospital and the surgery that he had in Kiev. So he said that you can come over, stay with me a little bit and even uh, do some work to, uh, you know, make some money so you can pay off that debt. Але так сталося, Господь повів своєю дорогою нас. Чоловік працював на будівництві і упав з трохметрової висоти. And uh, Although those were our plans, but God had uh, something else in mind. And at that time, my husband was working uh, as a uh, uh, working on uh, as 
on construction and he ended up falling off a ladder uh, from a distance above uh, about 10 feet. Він впав і отримав перелом 4 ребра в двох місцях, 8 переломів ребер і перелом основання черепа і крововилив. And from that um, fall, my husband ended up breaking four ribs, and each rib was broken in two spots, and then he had a fracture uh, on his skull and also had internal bleeding. And and uh, he ended, was ended up to being taken to the hospital, and this all happened while we were in California in San Anne, and he ended up falling into a coma for three months. And um, the doctor who was uh, taking care of my uh, my husband said that everything that we could do medically we've done, and um, but the only thing left to do is to pray. And we ended up uh, sending prayer requests to everybody that we knew in the states and everybody that we knew in Ukraine. So everybody of our friends were praying here in the states and in Ukraine. Один раз пастор відвідував його і спитали медсестри, норси, коли він прийде до свідомості. Вона сказала, що можливо через неділю, можливо через місяць, а можливо нікому. Потім, після вже як його виписали з лікарні, Мені там в лікарні перевели, що можливо через неділю, можливо через місяць, а те, що ніколи можливо, не переводили. Um, and we uh, ended up having uh, a pastor come and visit us at the hospital. And the uh, pastor asked one of the nurses, when do you expect and when do you think he's going to come out of coma? And her response was, maybe in a week, maybe in a month, or, or even maybe never. And while we we're once I left the hospital, they translated it to me and they translated everything and they left off the part where she said that he could there's a possibility that he'll never come out of coma. І тут Бог тоже являє свою милість. Через три неділі він приходить до свідомості. Ще перед тим, він ще поки не прийшов до свідомості, лежав в палаті один, і він не дихав, машина дихала замість нього, в нього була пробита гортань, і його кормили через трубку в жлудок прямо. Але ж вони, лікарі, бачили, що йому трошки, якби, може, на покращення йде, бо сказали, що... Якщо у вас є магнітофон вдома і його любима музика, то ви принесіть і включіть, хай воно грає, бо був великий шум від тих машин, щоб він прокинувся і ну, не було стресу в нього таке, що він шум там, а щоб музика грала. Uh, and before he ended up coming out of coma, uh, the uh, medical experts uh, recommended us 
to bring some other noise besides all the machines that were running around him because he ended up having uh, a tube down his trachea, uh, a ventilator, and he also uh, had uh, tubes into his stomach to be feeding him directly. So all that was creating a lot of noise and they recommended us to, if he's got music that he likes or something like that, to bring that in and play it as background noise. Але я не встигла цього ще зробити. І один раз мене лишали, там договоренность була, що мене лишали в палаті з ним на цілий день. Коли робили якісь медичні процедури, мені, мене виводили, сказали вийти. Це було два-три рази. А так я сиділа біля нього на кріслі. І коли одного, після того, як вони мені так сказали, я собі співала пісню «Ти знаєш, Боже, моє бажання, молитву чуєш ти мою». Так співала. And um, they would allow me to stay with them as long, uh, most of the time throughout the whole day, but occasionally they would ask me to leave whenever they were uh, doing some medical procedure on him. And whenever I would leave, in my thoughts, I would be singing this song uh, in Ukrainian, uh, God, you know my desires, you hear my prayer. І Я дивлюсь на нього і співаю, а в нього з одного ока побігла сльоза. And whenever I would come into the, into the room with him, I would start singing out loud. And uh, I, I start watching him whenever I'm singing. And I see that from one of his eyes, he starts tearing up and a tear starts falling down his face. Я підійшла до нього, нагнулася і питаю, Славик. And I see it, and I come up to him, and I ask him, Slavik, do you hear me? Can you hear me? And uh, I noticed that it was uh, a form of a wink, or where he like raises his eyebrow, and he responded to my question. And I ask him then, do you want me to continue singing? And then he responds by uh, winking or moving his uh, other side. And I started singing the song, uh, Lord, you know my desires, Lord, you hear my prayer. And when I continued singing that song, I was watching him, and from both his eyes now, he started uh, crying and tearing up. So I understood that he can hear me, and that he that he he was still there. Я сказала це медсестрі, вона засміялася. Я подякувала Богові там на місці. I shared this with the uh, with the nurse, and when I told her, she smiled, and I thanked God there when I was still there in the hospital room. І на другий день знову зранку я біля нього, вона ніч мене забирали, а медсестра підходить до мене, положила руку на на плечо і каже, "You have been smiling." And. Uh, 
each night uh, I would get taken home so I could rest. And then every morning I would come back. And when I came back the next day, the nurse comes up to me and she puts uh, her hand on my shoulder and she says, your husband is smiling. And uh, a pastor was with me, so he's translating all this. And I asked, uh, I asked the nurse, is that really so? And she says, yes, he smiled and then he opened his eyes and then he closed his eyes back up. І після того він уже ішов на поправку, його з реанімації помаленьку вже почали переводити в палату. And from that moment he ended up getting better in recovery and he ended up leaving the ICU and got admitted into a regular uh into a regular bed. І як в нас переводили вже з тієї лікарні в другу на реабілітацію, цей лікар, який його лікував, головний лікар, він підійшов до мене і каже, що це милість Божа, і для Америки це чудо, що він вижив. And um, right before we were being transferred over to a different hospital for rehabilitation, um, the main doctor of second care room comes up to me and says that, that this is truly a uh, a miraculous thing that happened. That even that for here in uh, in the in the states, this is definitely a miracle. And whenever we got uh, transferred over to a different hospital for a rehab and they started teaching, uh, he had to start learning how to speak again. Вони ще потім завели його в зал, щоб він такий шар великий, висота, напевно, 2 метри, дуже круглий шар, щоб виліз на той шар. І як він буде тримати равновесие? А я собі так подумала, ну, людина тільки що встала з ліжка, що ще нічого такого. Як же він в дійсності? Але тут знову Бог показав свою милість. Він ви Він виш, виліз на той шар, простягнув руки вперед і так стояв. Um, and then also, um, whenever he was uh, learning how to speak again, they were going through his regular questions of what's your name, how old are you, where, you, where are you, and so on. After that, they ended up taking him uh, to physical therapy, and they were trying to test his balance, and they had him climb up on this uh, big giant sphere ball-looking thing that was at least six feet and I was thinking to myself, how how are they, you know, making him do this? How is he going to be able to do this? He just got out of bed. He's just recovering. And they got him up there. And uh, he was able to hold his balance and stand there. And that was another uh, sign to me of how God was uh, uh, taking care of us. And um, I... останній випадок, де Бог явив свою милість і показав нам її, його... По картинках запитували, щоб він називав картинки та та і те, те, як звати. А в кінці його 
доктор спитав, яка була політика Горбачова. And um, another uh, story I wanted to mention, whenever they were going through his uh, rehab and they were giving him different images and different questions and he had to respond in, uh, you know, word association and so on. And they even ended up asking him, what was um, Gorbachev's uh, political positions or political opinions? А я собі думаю, ну яка ж була політика Горбачова, я не знаю, мені не прийшло це в голову. Вони його больного на голову, на так, так побитого всього питають про таку політику. And I remember I'm... thinking to myself, I don't even remember that. What kind of, you know, what were his political views, what was Gorbachev's political views? I don't remember it. And how, how can they be expecting him to remember, you know, just recovering from, uh, you know, uh, from coma? А він відповів їм перестройка. Вона як підскочила, бо сиділа, як підскочила, як почала плескати в долоні, і всі там їх було трьох чоловік. О май гот, вері гуд, містер Навчук, вері гуд, о май гот, о май гот. Ну з такою радістю, з такою вони перевіряли, чи він, бо він через переводчика говорив, чи це він сам розуміє, чи може підказують йому. Але тут Бог показав, що це він сам розуміє, що він його ісцілив. And his response to that question was перестройка, uh, reconstruction. And when, when the nurses and, uh, and the therapists heard that, they said, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, that's amazing. Uh, you're doing very good. And uh, they were even questioning whether the translator was uh, hinting him or telling him the answers, but once they heard his response that they understood that he was really doing well and recovering. І тут ще я раз і ми всі зрозуміли, що люблящим Бога, призваним по Його ізволенню, все содействує тко благо. And yet again, I, I saw it true in, in, in our lives and my life that those who serve the Lord and love the Lord uh, anything that happens ends up happening for the good. На цьому все мій дорогий онучок і мої онуки, які є, хто тут Богдан присутствує. Будь вірний до смерті і дам тобі вінець життя. Це відкриття 10 голова, другий вірш. Хай цей вірш супроводжає вас ціле життя до вічності. Uh, and I want to tell you to my, uh, my my grandkids, my grandson, and to you, Bogdan, and to people listening, that if you remain faithful to the end, that we will receive a, a crown of uh, blessing and uh, uh, a crown of life. Um, thank you, Grandma, for sharing well, all that stuff. Um, is one big thing that really... Um, stuck with me uh when you came here was when i took you to church um and i took you to church and um you you know it's a different environment there um you know your church is a baptist church i go to a non-denominational church and you just saw like you know you came in there with this mentality of um, coming there for God. And um, I, 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 I,
ходячи до баптистської церкви, а тут я вас привіз до бездономинаційної церкви в Америці, і ви просто роздивлялися і... And you were just so humbly uh, coming there and uh, listening to the pastor and in the worship you were there. And you, like, I asked you, how was church afterwards? And просто, як ви дуже сприймали і слухали і дуже спокійно і мирно і смиренно слухали і наблюдали за служінням і після служіння, коли я вас питався, як ви це все сприйняли, або як ви, як вам? You, you just said that it was very, um, you saw people experiencing the Lord and you knew that God was there. He was moving in those people's lives. And that right there to me showed that, you know, you should never kind of like have a judgmental approach to anybody. Служить Богу і прославлять Бога, і що дійсно що чують, бачили ви і чули присутність Божу. І ця відповідь мені дуже сильно тронула мене, що хоч ви прийшли з іншої стилю служіння, але ви не осуджували і не судили різні служіння, а ви просто honored the people there as the bible says to honor everybody you were living that out you were living out in honor towards everybody even though you may not fully understand the words they're saying or how the culture so i just want to say thank you for sharing everything you said with the testimonies of our family and just teaching me through this time that you were here all these little um nuggets of uh knowledge of і ще раз хочу вам подякувати за за вашу можливість поділитися своїм життям, своїм свідоцтвом і за цілий час, що ви тут зі мною були, що ви завжди мені якісь підказки говорили або маленькі дольки правди. Дякую Богу, що я була з вами. I want to thank the Lord for being with you guys. Відносно церков, в мене різниці немає, тому що Бог у нас один, і ми повинні розуміти це, і Слово Боже в нас теж одне. А поклоніння, кожна конфесія, кожна країна поклоняється Богові. Як вони але вони поклоняються одному Богу, і що ми тут там на Україні, що ви в Америці. They worship the Lord differently, but they still worship the one and only God, whether it's here in the States or whether it's in Ukraine. Але ж одне, що нас об'єднує, це Господь Ісус Христос. І його слово. Thank you guys for watching. Um, stay tuned for more episodes. Bye.